Hey there, this is Therese Skelly, and I am so excited that you are going to be listening to an episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. Do you like those two words? Fiercely Brilliant. My hypothesis is that you are here for a reason. We all are. Our souls have led us on journeys that have very often taken some twists and turns, and sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes there's struggle, and there's loss, and there's challenge, and in the middle of that, there's always the way out. And it's those times that often lead us into our great life and work. So you're going to hear stories in these episodes of myself and other beautiful people that share the journey. They share how they got to the place where they're standing, working in their brilliance and being the powerful leaders that they are. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. Hey, this is Terry Skelly with another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast, and I'm delighted today to have Melaine Lee Butler with us. Mm-hmm. You are going to really enjoy her story of basically overcoming, right? You will not believe where she is today and where she came from. So let's talk, Melaine. First of all, welcome all the way from New Zealand, right? Yes, all the way from New Zealand. I don't have a New Zealand accent, you guys, <laughs> as I was telling Therese. I am originally from the States, but I reside in New Zealand now, but I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on to share my story and, and hopefully inspire some people and give them some hope to create a new reality for themselves. Mm, that's the goal. So mm. tell us what you do today, Millie. So I am a transformational business coach, I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what I help support um, female entrepreneurs in doing is to transform their business so that they can prioritize a life that they love, um, family, the things that really matter most mm-hmm. and have the business fit around that. Right, support and, that. And create, yeah, exactly. And, and really support that and create the financial freedom and the lifestyle freedom that they crave. Because how many of us have gotten that wrong, right? Yeah. That's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good, good. Well, you know, I know you're very successful. You had a lot of awesome things in place. Yeah. But this is relatively new, right? You're, you've been in business yeah. for how long now? Um, Eight years, which I feel, I, I still feel like it's. Yeah, yeah. Like, Baby phase, you know, it's not I mean, essentially not, but I mean, it's like for where you are, it's like, yeah, well, you got a lot of development. So how did you, and you didn't, you didn't start out like I'm a transformation business coach. Like you had an yeah. experience that led you there. So why don't we start there? Yeah, totally. Um, if we had talked about this eight years ago, I literally would have been like, who are you? <laughs> not where I'm going. What? <laughs> like a business coach. That is so weird. That's so far and online. Like, all of that would have been so foreign to me. Wow. Personal development would have been foreign to me only mm. nine years ago, you know? And wow. And that was because for me, I was really in the grips of addiction. And particularly mm. the one I like to say brought me to my knees, if you will, was my bulimia. And mm. it was something that kept me in, gosh, a life of secrecy and lies yeah. right. and never really feeling truly connected to anyone in the world because there was always that layer of like, well, I can't really tell you who I am or I can't really tell you my struggles or I can't really tell you the pain that I'm experiencing because if I do, then you'll know this thing that I'm doing right now, my bulimia, and then you might make me stop. And I don't know if I can, I don't know if I want to. Wow. I was thinking you were going to say, because there's a lot of shame wrapped around with a needy disorder. 
and shame. But, but it's like, yeah, don't, don't, don't intervene. This is but like, I don't, you know, like as soon yeah. as there was a few people over, over the years that would pick up on it, you know, and say, you know, something's wrong. Can I help you? How can I support you? And I'd be like, no, 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 I'm fine. And I would just cut them out of my life because I wasn't, I didn't have the willingness to, to want to live a different life in that moment because I didn't know anything different. And I just kind of thought, well, this is, this might be it. And maybe this is how I'll die. You know, I, I I really didn't have much hope of a, of a different reality and I didn't have any different reality available to me that I saw, like Mm -hmm. there was no other paradigm that I could access Mm -hmm. because I, I I didn't see it. It's like being at a buffet table and I was missing out on like all the options, except for one. I thought that this was the only option I had and maybe I'd be doomed for the rest of my life. So let me ask you, you know, Mm. I was a therapist and I worked in addiction. So it's kind of a Mm. thing. Um, Usually addiction or an eating disorder serves a purpose. Right. Yeah. So what do you think the purpose was that the bulimia was gifting you? Mm. I think the gift that I, I believed it was giving me was a, a facade of this beautiful appearance, you know, this oh. appearance of being very thin mm-hmm. and having the exact body that I wanted and the exact hair and the exact, you know, and the, and figure and appearance and that perfect facade was so ingrained in me since childhood Mm -hmm. to perform and to be this Mm -hmm. perfect little person. And then if I did that just the right way, then I would land the perfect husband and have the husband that provided and took care of me. And then I could just, you know, obey and fall in line and be the perfect little. And what was really funny about that is that I'm such a fiery person. Yes. <laughs> what? The, the yeah. little obedient housewife. Right? What? Yeah. What? Is that yeah. So it was, that's part? like this, these conflicting. Yeah. We inherit yeah. that shit, right? Like, oh, yeah. Yay. But you know, I think a lot of women, maybe they're not having a bulimia, but they buy into the, there's a way you have to look. There's a way you have to present. Yeah. Like that's valuable. This is not. So yeah. We'll finish the story. So how did you were doing yeah. bulimia? Doing yeah. bulimia. Bulimia was doing you actually. Yeah, bulimia was like <laughs> you're, doing you're, me. You're a little bitch basically, right? Yeah, basically. So, so I'm assuming you got recovery, right? So yeah. what, what happened? Cause that's an important part of the journey. The most important part. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really important part. Um, I think what should be noted is that I really had a supportive community around me that, um, kept showing up and just saying like, we're here, we're here. Wow. So people ready. knew people knew about it. Then People started to know. Yeah. Because okay. it was like, you know, I was also just blatant with it. Like I wasn't, <laughs> there were points where I wasn't like really hot, hot, trying to hide it, you know, like I would just do it when I wanted to. Cause I, it was almost like I had this arrogance about it. And I also wow. was like, I felt like, like I had a shield around me. Like I was invisible woman, like no one could see the secret that I had. And my parents knew and, and some of my loved ones knew. And my father was really adamant. Like, you know, when you're ready, we're here. We love you. We're ready to support you. And I just kept praying every night. My prayer was like, God, if there is a God, just give me the willingness to get better. Just give me the willingness to get better. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you didn't hit a bottom like a lot of people do, like, mm. I, or did you? I don't know. Cause, cause to, I to, feel to, like to... I kept hitting bottoms. Okay. You know, okay. like I remember there was a story in recovery that I heard. It was like, I just put the shovel down because I kept digging for my next bottom. And it was like, you know, like there was so many humiliating, embarrassing moments that I had, you know, because with bulimia, you're not eating. So then anytime I drank, it would make me completely plastered, (laughs) you know, because you're not eating anything. And it was like, you know, so there was so many humiliating moments that I had. So I just decided, you know, Oh, there's got to be a moment where I put this shovel down and I just kept praying for the willingness. Mm. And I started going to therapy. I was willing to talk to someone about it. Mm. And she had suggested, well, why don't you go to a 12 step meeting? Why don't you go to a, a recovery, you know, where there's other women that struggle like you so that maybe you could relate that might be supportive. And I thought, Nah, 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 nah. No, no one struggles like me. No one knows what I'm going through. You know, it's a very like, we're all unique, and, right? yeah. you know, woe is yeah. me. Um, and then one day I had the willingness to make that phone call and find out when one meeting is. And I said, I'll go to one meeting and I'll check it out. And I was just a blubbering mess that whole meeting. Oh. Yeah. And my dad actually walked in with me. He was so supportive, walked in with wow. me, sat next to me the whole time. And I was just sobbing. And I remember a woman came up to me at the end of the meeting and she said, I just wanted to apologize to you. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, when you walked in, I was like, why is she here? Right. Because she said you You were dressed so beautifully and you had these beautiful boots and this ham and you just look so perfect. And I thought like she, like what she got a problem with. Right. And then when I heard you share, I realized that you're just like me and that we have the same insides. Our outsides might look different, but our insides mm-hmm. are similar. And I was like, oh. so she's like, keep coming back, you know? Oh, and wow. yeah, yeah, it was really powerful. And that was the first day that was March of 2013. Mm-hmm. That was the first day that I decided just for today, I'm not going to binge and purge. Yeah. And that was the beginning of the end. I love the, I love this story because if somebody would have told you, you know, it's possible to love yourself, not worry about your body. You would have been like, are you nuts? Yeah. And on all you had to do is say, I'm willing to be willing. Like, I'm just like a little tiny. So what dropped in your head? Because I think, I think there are a lot of people facing stuff and it's like, ah, I don't know what to do. So what dropped it in your head that, that obviously God or spirit or divine, whatever you call it, but talk about that. Cause I think that's such an important thing. Yeah. I had, um, I had a moment where it felt like a kind of a white light moment or experience. Mm -hmm. I was raised Catholic. Mm -hmm. And then for a long time, I was like all the curse words in the book. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was like, I hate God. God doesn't know what I'm going through. And I had this like moment where I literally heard God and God was like, get on your knees and pray. And I just was like praying. And it was, I think a couple of days after that meeting and I was just praying and God was like, I will lift this for you, but you have to be of service and listen to me. Like, that's the voice I heard. Like, 
if you're of service and listen to my voice, yeah, I will lift this obsession from you. And I was like, I have chills as I'm saying it. And I was like, well, fuck, I have nothing to lose. Like (laughs) my life sucks right now. Like I hate the way I'm living. So I guess I'll listen to this. Yeah. You know, I mean, nothing else is serving me. Nothing else is working. Wow. And so I just, it was like, you know, Therese, it was like, well, my life isn't great. Yeah. I don't have anything that I desire. And what I really desire deeply is to be loved. And I don't feel like I have that or the ability to let people in. Mm-hmm. So why not just try something try new? Yeah. You know, from a person who was kind of a non-believer, if you're swearing yeah. at God, yeah. to then even allow yourself to listen like that, that to me was, that was grace. Cause a lot of other people are like, totally. yeah, yeah, whatever. That's just shit. I'm going to hear like that moment of grace where you're like, all right. So then, yeah. so then what happened? Cause then I you got on your own transformational journey. Yeah. Yeah. So then I started going, then I got really committed and I, mm. you know, I think what's really great about one of my, I like to say, um, flaws maybe, or, or things that isn't great about me that also makes <laughs> the, me great about yeah. me. You know, and I think yeah. everyone has this too, Absolutely, is that I'm very stubborn. And so I just got on this, like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all the way in and I'm going to uh-huh. do it right. And I'm going to make it, I'm going to be perfect about it. But it was great because that energy that I had used for years to channel into the bulimia, I was now channeling into something that was actually supporting and serving me. And mm-hmm. so I kind of flipped and focused as much as I could on, I went to as many meetings and as much therapy. And I just put all my energy and attention into getting better. I said, I'm not going to date for this year. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to focus on me because all I ever wanted was like the relationship and the children and being loved and all of that. And I thought, well, if I don't take care, if I don't take care of me and fix me, well, not that I was broken because no one's broken. Right. But you felt broken. You probably were feeling broken. broken. Yeah. Yeah. And if I don't take care of that and, and allow myself to feel whole again, Mm -hmm. how can I expect anyone else? to treat me like I'm whole because, and all the relationships I had, I was attracting people that were treating me the way I was treating mm-hmm. me. Certainly. Was 100%. it nice? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so I just focused on that and I met a, an amazing woman who became one of my first mentors. And she said to me, there's something special about you. She's like, there's something special about everyone, but you in particular, every time I see you, there's like this white light that just follows you around. And I was like, wow. I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. And she said, listen, there's this workshop that I think you'd be amazing. It like, you're mm-hmm. already amazing, but it'll make you even more amazing. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to do it? And I had all my reasons and excuses and she kept dropping hints for a few yeah. months. And eventually long story short, I, I did it. And that journey led me to some, a very popular kind of uh, transformational um, workshop that's run by various companies across America and, and globally as well. And so I went through the basic advance and leadership journey of that. And when I completed, I was like, this is what I want to do. Mm. I feel so at home here. Yeah, you found it. You no. Know? And it was like, it just clicked. And so I started volunteering there and, and spending my time there and working close with the trainers Mm -hmm. and 
training to become a trainer and and eventually mm. um about a year into all of that they hired me they asked me come work for us oh like, nice yeah yeah and that's where i started my you know d- wor- um personal development coaching world mm-hmm. journey mm-hmm. if you will and i was there for a little while and then i started my own mm. um company wow so yeah it was pretty wild that's amazing so, yeah. you know, like when I heard the beginning part was yeah. a woman who didn't value herself yeah. and was striving for the perfect, the externals. Yeah. And so sometimes people can get recovery, but I think that piece, that self-love, that self-identity, sometimes it's a little bit slower. You can, you can be sober yeah. in your body or clean, but your mind right. might still be. So, so if anybody, and again, you might not, you don't have to have had bulimia or addiction, but you yeah. might have re- been able to relate to Melaine, like, gosh, if I only can have that, then I'll be lovable. Totally. And so how do you, how do you help people? Like, what, what are some things that we could gift them today? Like, mm-hmm. here's how to get out of that external validation and shift it. Yeah, well, I think something to be said about that, Therese, mm-hmm. is that it's when we make anything else an idol other than our divine power, whatever we like to call that higher power, universe, source, whatever relationship that becomes for you. I think that's such an important relationship to find, to hone in on and to develop because that's what has saved me and given me grace through, you know, I'd love to say like, and then my bulimia journey ended and my life was perfect. (laughs) out and everything I wanted was handed to me, but you know, I've still had challenges along the journey. And I'm so grateful that those, all those years ago, nearly 10 years ago, I developed a relationship with who I choose to call God. And that's really given me the support that I needed. And anytime I put my attention or I start to obsess or, you know, quote unquote, become addicted to something else, whether it's like social media, scrolling, Checking my email, um, you know, obsessing over clothes, whatever can be anything, you know, anything can can become something that I start to idolize. I'm like, well, that's not going to help me. Like that is this serving me. That's not going to serve me. So I'd say for anyone listening in, it's like just asking for the willingness or praying for the willingness to put down whatever is not serving you and to start looking towards a higher power that can support you on this journey and give you the grace and the faith and the hope that you need during difficult times. Let's just breathe that in for a second. That's really Mm. nice. Mm. You know, we started this call by talking about what you do with your clients. Yeah. That because I've been in this a couple of decades and when I started, we didn't say the word God or intuition or spirit or source or energy. We were marketing strategists. God damn it. Our business coaches were very masculine. We got shit done, right? And we burned the midwife night oil and we neglected our children and all the things, right? And and so I understand that like sacrificing your life at the altar of your business. I get that. I've lived that. And so let's talk about the challenge of how do you, you're very driven. You have a successful business. How do you go and my family's first or and I take time like, cause, cause I don't think there's a lot of training out there. there yeah. The training is hustle more, go achieve, acquire, yeah. right? And so let's just spend yeah. some time on that one. Yeah, no, I think that's so important. I support women from the moment they decide that they want to conceive 
life and bring life into the world. And what does business get to look like then? That's really scary for a lot of women, right? Like a lot of women, I've, I hear so many stories, women coming to me, like, I forgot to have a family or like, I really want a family is too late to have a family, you know, because they had prioritized work Mm -hmm. so much. So helping women to create space to call, to call that life in Mm -hmm. whilst still and understanding that there can be a both and Mm -hmm. conversation, you know, like we can have a thriving business and a thriving family life, but we get to get clear on what are, what are your non-negotiables, right? Like what are your top priorities? Because what I tend to find particularly with women in the imbalance of work and family life or work and ends their own life is that things that aren't really a priority start to sneak in and start to eat up all of their Um, time. uh And then it's like, well, I have no time. Like you don't understand. I have a family and I have, I have work and I have this and I have that. And I'm like, okay, breathe. Mm-hmm. And when we start to identify, it's like, oh, like how much time are you spending on social media? Mm-hmm. How much time are you spending in your email? How much time are you spending responding to clients? You know, how much time are you spending going out with, with the girlfriends? It's like, you know, I have one particular client I'm thinking of. And it's like, yeah, but that's an important part for me. And I'm like, yeah, but that's taking up a lot of time and there needs to be an integration, you know, of, of all the things that are important for you. So I think, you know, if you can get clear on what, what are actually your top priorities in your life? And even more specifically this year, 2022, what's the, what's the top priority for you? Is it to spend more family time? You know, is it to spend more time honing in on a, a specific skill set at work? Uh, you know, for me, for example, I'm actually currently pregnant with my fourth child. A oh, little girl. Yes. congratulations. <laughs> yes, Beautiful. thank you. Thank you. And, you know, something that my husband and I agreed on at the moment she was conceived was that we were going to really lay low with everything going on in the world and, and really create a nourishing, protective family environment. Anything that comes in that isn't in alignment with that is a no. Mm -hmm. Good. So you have you have a very clear boundary and standard. But yeah, yeah. A you have a supportive husband, and B you value yourself and you have your why, right? So if somebody doesn't have a why, or if they're Mm -hmm. not, you know, if if a woman's worth or value comes from giving and serving and being available, it's really hard to set those priorities, right? So let's talk about that. Yeah, totally. I think that, you know, women in in general, as a generalization, we're givers, we're innately givers, we're nurturers, we're mothers, we, you know, create life, we nurture life. And so it's, it's firstly to know that it's not your, it's not the bad thing about you. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm a, I'm a giver. No, you know, generosity can't be taught. If you're innately a giver, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing. And really thinking about the gift that you get when you give, how that that feels so good, the joy feels so good when you're not allowing others to give to you or to allow yourself to feel supported, you're depriving others of that joy Mm -hmm. and blessing that it is to give. And when you like really connect with that and sit with that, like, oh my God, I'm 
I'm not letting my husband do that or I'm not letting. And so I think it's like, not don't stop giving, but allow yourself to receive more and get clear on what in my life do I get to delegate out? Like, where am Mm -hmm. I not really good? And where do Mm -hmm. I get to ask for support? Because especially if you're an overgiver, you know, people are dying to support you, (laughs) to support you. (laughs) You've earned up the credit, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, please. (laughs) I got to I got to level this out. That's really awesome. And I I feel like um, identity gets wrapped up in that, you know, like Mm. I had an injury last year. And so I, I, I just kind of stopped working for months and I was really sitting out going, holy shit. Like I'm not doing, I'm not, I'm not being productive. I'm not creating. I'm not helping. I'm, you know, binging on Netflix, Ted Lasso, you know? And so, <laughs> so for you, Lane, as you're, as you're kind of nesting and in hibernation, is there any yeah. part, and maybe it's not, but I think for a lot of women, we are what we do and we are who we help and yeah. what we create. So how's that dance for you to kind of, that's not your identity or that's not yeah. the prominent identity, right? So talk about that for a second. Yeah. You know, that's such a great question because I think that we wrap our identity in certain ways of doingness yes. Yes. or in things. And, you know, I had shared with you that I traveled around the world for um, a little while. And that's how I met my husband down in New Zealand. You know, I'm originally from the States and I had wrapped my identity so strongly to New York, this glamorous, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I'm a New Yorker. And so Where's the accent? No, you're a New Yorker, right? I, I know that. I was a New I was a New Yorker, but like, but I'm from Jersey, so I have my Jersey accent. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, you know, but um, I had wrapped my identity so strongly in this glamorous life with the Louboutins and the handbags and the thing, this and the that, and I got that message to release it all, you know, let go of it all, and I was like, ooh, but like, who will I be then? Yes, yes, that's, yes. that's really scary, and then. I realized that I was very, I'm a alpha female type a doer overachiever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I can wrap myself easily into like the goals or the achievements. Well, who am I when none of that's happening? You know, who am I when I'm taking a break or on maternity leave, you know? And so I think that it's really edgy. So I'm not like (laughs) disidentify with it all, you know, but it's like, if you're finding yourself attached to well, I'm nothing unless I do Mm -hmm. this, you know, or I'm nothing unless it's like, wait a minute, I'm actually worthy and of value. Even if I'm sitting around watching Ted Lasso or Bridgerton or whatever it is on Netflix all day, like I'm of value just for breathing and being here. And there's actually a little exercise that I'll give all the women that that are listening in or all, all the audience that are listening in. And, and the exercise I like to call is an asset list. And something that I constantly say to my clients, like, look, there'll never be enough evidence to prove to you that you are worthy. But if you're going to collect evidence, let's collect the evidence that shows you how worthy and a value you are innately just being here and breathing. And so an asset list is kind of similar to if you were to have someone come assess your home Mm -hmm. and and the valuables, right? The valuables. Yeah. Oh, there's a pool, there's a porch, mm-hmm. there's this, there's that. Yeah. yeah. And that's what the asset list is, but for you. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I went through, I overcame bulimia. Check. Yeah. You know, huge check. Um, 
I lived in Manhattan. Like, you know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Uh-huh. You check. Uh-huh. I graduated high school. I have a bachelor's. I have a master's, you know, all mm-hmm. those things, all the challenges you've overcome, all the certifications, degrees, mm-hmm. all the things that you easily just go, but everyone has a bachelor's. Right. Right, but everyone right. graduates high school, but everyone overcomes this, but everyone, no, it's easy don't. to diminish. Right. Right. So you're, you're bringing awareness to the things we naturally like disregard or diminish. I love that. Yeah. That is super powerful. Super it's powerful. So powerful. I just had a few clients actually do this exercise and like, it really just landed for them. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Oh my God, I'm amazing. Like, I am, you know, I am superwoman, you know, and it really just, I think it gives you permission to realize that you can have days where mastery is just brushing your teeth and getting back. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I was when I had a surgery. Well, you know, I think the first step is you have to be in relationship with the identity piece of it. Because when we're addicted or identifying with, like, I didn't know, because I've done so much work on myself. What? You know what I mean? Like, when you're like, holy shit, I still have that. I had no idea. I'm like the queen of self-care. I'm on the feminine energy. I do all the things. But then it was like, interesting. Can I be lovable? Mm -hmm. I really had to ask the question. And, and, And so I had no idea, like, wow, I got a little thing with work and productivity and giving and and, and even just free giving, just creativity and all the things. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be like, what am I? What am I? What am I getting my value from or my worth is attached to inquire and then do the asset check? Because if you yeah. if you don't understand you have an identity addiction or attraction to something else, totally. Doesn't matter, you know, because that's what we, we want it like. You want to be fluid. So you can sit and have a baby and get all get all big and nest and get cozy. And love the shit out of yourself, right? Without feeling the little guilty voice that's like, you could send a few more emails or you could be getting some clients. Like, yeah, it's it's unrelenting. Like if you're in the identity piece of it, it doesn't stop. Totally. Yeah. And I always say like, if you fast forward to the end of your life and you're sitting in like a cozy bed surrounded by all your loved ones and they're giving you this beautiful send off because let's imagine that it's the most beautiful send-off ever. And you're sitting there and you're like, are you going to be, oh, I can't believe I didn't send out those few emails that time when I was on maternity leave, you know, it's like, probably not. (laughs) Right. That's a beautiful exercise. Oh, you're just dazzling. I love your energy. And I, I so appreciate the journey that you have been on and modeling, you know, all it takes is like, let me be willing. I'm willing. Yeah. And then listening when it sounded crazy. And it was like, like, you're talking to me. Like you're like, you did it. Yeah. And then you just hit the little first steps, the next steps and the next steps. And, and it's interesting in your story, there's the, yeah. and then a woman told me to go here. And then this happened, like, it's like the trust along the journey to get you here is just exquisite. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. journey of trust and, you know, and faith. Yeah. Trust and faith. And, and literally that's been the journey of my life since then. And it's just like going to the gym. You guys, you know, first you don't go in and lift a 20 pound weight. You just start with little small weights right. and small reps, right. and then you build up and that, cause that mus- muscle of mine, that spiritual connective muscle to my higher power had atrophied, you know, my higher power was always there, but how to connect with my higher power the muscle wasn't really, it was, it was really weak, but it was, the muscle was still there to rebuild, you know? And so it was just taking those little steps and going, 
okay, I'll trust. Okay. I'll trust again. You know, I got goosebumps. Mm. All right. So I know you have a gift for our our listeners. What did you share? So I am kicking off a wealthy woman series. Um, It starts May 1st Mm -hmm. and all of you are invited to join. There's going to be an amazing amount of little mini masterclasses. And and again, it's giving you the tools and, and some resources to really supporting you and have a, having a yummy and delicious relationship to wealth, which isn't just inclusive of only money, mm-hmm. health and well-being and vitality and all those other things so that you can live your most expansive life. Fabulous. And the link to that will be in the show notes. So anything else before we wrap up, last words, anything else your heart wants to share with us? I feel like, you know, the last thing I just want to share is that know that whatever you desire, whatever's on your heart in this moment, it's on there for a reason because it gets mm. to be lived through you. It doesn't get Ooh. to die within you. It gets to live through you. And so just have the willingness today to take one step towards it. <sighs> Mic drop. Said it better. <laughs> That's my so when I, this has been just a delight. And I know you have blessed the listeners. You know, this show is about hope and inspiration. And so I pray that if you have listened to Millie's story, that something activates within you. Something is, it's like, there's a reminder, like, wow, you can overcome, you can be led, you can reconnect that muscle. And so I'm going to invite you, send this podcast to a couple friends, like just kind of tune in and say, who needs to hear this message? Who needs the reminders that Melaine shared today? So share the podcast and Melaine, thank you from the bottom of my heart. This was delightful. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Therese. Okay. Peace and blessings, everybody. Bye now. Bye guys. Hey, I really appreciate you listening to that last episode, and I would love to get to know you a little bit more and to get to connect with you on a deeper level. And here's what I suggest. I've got a Facebook group that corresponds with the content of these podcasts. It's called Fiercely Brilliant Women in Business with Therese Skelly. So if you just search Facebook, Fiercely Brilliant with Therese Skelly, you'll find the group. It's a really nice group. It's a small group, and I'm super active in it. Each week, we have a lot of supportive conversations. I share a lot of resources. I do a lot of coaching on the spot. And I would love to have you join me there. So if you like the vibe of this podcast and you want to hang out with a pretty darn cool community of women, join us at Fiercely Brilliant on Facebook with Therese Scali. Alrighty, peace and blessings. And I hope to see you in the group. Bye now.